What up, what up, what up to all my podcast listeners out there. This is a first-generation podcast. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. I'm your host, Robert Bugs, a Tennessee State University graduate, a Tennessee State University staff member, and a Tennessee State University Tiger for life. This is the Life Designers Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1. What we're here to do today is to let you know why you matter, who you are meant to be, what you are here to do, and where you want to go. That's your meaning, your purpose, your mission, and your vision. Let's do it. And I am also your host. My name is Donald Perkins, and I also am a a first-generation specialist, and we are here to enlighten you and inform you. Welcome to the show, Dr. Haskins. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? What's going on, my brothers? Thank you for being here with us today, Dr. Haskins. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the Yes, thank thank you for taking taking time out, you know, to be with, here, with us today. Uh, as we get right on in the show, can you tell us where you're from? For sure. So my name is Dr. Brandon P. Haskins. Uh, I am originally from Louisville, Kentucky, 502, zip code, you know, Derby City. You know, where the Kentucky Derby is held every year. Um, But, you know, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. I came, well, I graduated high school in 2010, and I came to Tennessee State immediately. This is where I was born and raised, (laughs) it feels like. Dr. Haskins, for the record, are you a first-generation student? I am a first-generation scholar. Correct. I am a first-generation scholar, yes. And since we're calling you doctor, go ahead and tell us where you received all these degrees from. Oh, sounds good. Thank you. You know, well, I did receive my bachelor's of arts uh, in here at Tennessee State University uh, in 2014. And in 2016, I received my master's of education in instructional leadership here in the College of Education at Tennessee State University. And one year later, I enrolled, well, actually immediately after my master's, I enrolled in Trebekah Nazarene University here in Nashville, Tennessee, to receive my doctorate of education um, in in leadership and professional practice. So, um, yeah. So you're smart, smart. You know, I'm very smart, street and book smart. Okay, while we're on that same subject, we want to ask you something. Um, you know, you received uh, three degrees and, you know, you're a first-generation college student. Uh, who inspired you to attend college? Was there anyone who inspired you to go to college? And who? And if it is, who was it? Thank you for that question. Um, so, in, like I said, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. I grew up um, in, in the West End. And uh, eighth grade, my eighth grade year, my godfather put me in this program called Black Achievers. It is It was a community-wide-based uh, program, similar to Upper Bound and your TRIO programs, but this was called Black Achievers. And it was located at our local YMCA, so Chestnut Street YMCA, which is located in Louisville, Kentucky. And I every Saturday, I attended this uh, program. Every Saturday morning, it was required for us to attend. We, I got introduced to clusters, which were your college majors. So you got put in certain clusters according to your interest of uh, whatever major you would desire to go into once you got to college. And so I was a part of the communications cluster. Um, and so as I'm matriculated through that program, um, I just, you know, 
we go every Saturday, we do community service. We learn about that college majors. We do capstone projects. Um, and then also we have an opportunity to go on HBCU college tours. So I went on my first HBCU college tour in the Black Achievers program. Miss um, Lynn Johnson, who is uh, one of my, I call her my mama Lynn. She is 100% responsible for me going to college because I was afforded the opportunity to join the program and take the HBCU college tour. And from there, that from there on, I visited all these HBCUs. I did not visit Tennessee State with the program, but I did visit Tennessee State University on an eighth grade black college tour with the organization of Black Airline Pilots, um, OBAP. And so that is a, another a community organization in Louisville, Kentucky um, that caters to students, African-American men who are interested in aviation and technology. And that's when I first learned about Tennessee State University when I came here. Uh, we stayed on campus for, uh, for two weeks and we stayed in the uh, NRC apartments and we also worked out of Clement Hall and that's where we did all of the technology and aviation and things of that nature. And something interesting happened to me while I was here visiting in eighth grade. So I remember pulling up to campus. It was beautiful. The grass was green. It was just a beautiful campus. The sun was hitting it. It just looked like, it looked like when Dorothy finally got to the Wiz. It was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. It was, it was just golden, right? And uh, everything was, it was fun. It was fun. And I remember that night we had to stay in NRC apartments. Well, I got bit by a spider in NRC in eighth grade. I'll never forget. I got bit by a spider. And it was big pussy and all of that stuff. You know what happens when you get bit by a spider. Well, I, I, I um, attribute my reasoning for coming to Tennessee State University because of that spider bite. When Spider-Man became Spider-Man, it was because he got bit by a spider. When I became a tiger, it's because I get, got bit by a spider here in Tiger Nation. So, you know, that's why I became a tiger. And like Mr. Bug said, tiger for life. <laughs> okay, well, I haven't been bitten by any spiders, but, you know, I am a tiger, too, as well. <clears throat> so let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Haskins. When I first arrived on campus, I knew the first thing that I wanted to be a part of, participate in, or, you know, any of that. So I am an aristocrat. I am an aristocrat for life. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you first got to campus, what was the first thing you wanted to do? It's a great question. So as I think back to the tour that I had when I visited uh, many colleges, honestly, the first thing that I wanted to do was pledge. Uh, of course, everyone sees the Greek, Greek role. Everybody sees the love that they have for one another, the homecoming step shows, things of that nature. And so because I was a part of another organization called the Sigma Beta Club, which is the junior fraternity for Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, and I was a part of that. And so when I visited, I was always looking for the Sigmas. I could never find them. But when I found them, it was like family. So I was already oriented uh, into the life of being a Sigma. And so when I first got here, that was the first thing that I sought out. And, of course, you know, being a freshman, you couldn't join. So you had to go and join other organizations or just get involved. So for me, I was a social butterfly. I wanted to be a part. And I just wanted to find something that fit me and um, and that spring, I was able to become a part of the Generation of Educated Men, which was my first male organization here on the mm -hmm. campus of Tennessee State University. And I joined that. It was an all-male organization, all-male community service-based organization. And that was where I first learned the sense of brotherhood, the first uh, sense of community service and things of that nature. And so I joined 
um, that spring and then the fall of 2011, I was afforded the opportunity to pledge the greatest fraternity in the land, and it is known as Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Okay, okay. I just want to ask a question. I'm just going to back up a little bit. What you just said, um, so you knew right off that you wanted to be a Sigma, or was it, did you already kind of know beforehand, you know, the college life and what you want to be uh, as far as fraternities, or did somebody expose you to fraternities yes. beforehand? Yes, so thank you for that question. So, yes, I was exposed to the fraternity itself by being a Sigma Beta. I was the president of the Sigma Beta Club in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and so I was exposed to the fraternity. I was exposed to, like, what it, what it was like to be a part of something, what it was like to have brotherhood. So I knew that I wanted to become a Sigma. And then my oldest brother, he was a Sigma at Kentucky State University. And so I actually got to go and experience uh, campus life there with him as well. So I already kind of knew what that next level for me or that next thing uh, for me. But most importantly, I knew I came for an education. So, you know, that's really what it all boiled down to. Like, r despite be being involved, I wanted to be a good student. So, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we'll take that. We'll take yeah. that. Dr. Haskins, Tennessee State University is a relatively large institution. And so when you're around a lot of people, research shows that a sense of belonging is a uh, thing that will make a student return. Um, you during your second semester, joined an organization. Do you believe that a sense of belonging is something that is important for students to feel while attending college? Absolutely, I 100% agree. And I also have the data to prove that um, in my dissertation that can be found on ProQuest, the impact of faculty to staff in interactions uh, at an HBCU. So that is my dissertation. Go look, look that up. We'll put that in the, uh, the notes, the link to that in the notes so I can get some reviews and citations. All right. But yes, back to answering your question, I 100% believe that sense of belonging is what really um, made my journey here impactful. So I, my biological mom or dad did not attend in college. My brother did. My eldest brother did. However, um, we are like, almost 20 years, 20 or 30 years apart. And there was really no, there's really not much experience that I got to glean from him uh, being in college. And so my my opportunity to come to TSU, you know, I really, I did not, I was, I was away from home. But I came with a mission, right? So when I left home, August of 2010, I told my mother, I said, Mom, I'm not coming back home. She's like, what are you talking about, son? I said, Mom, this is it. Once I go, I'm going to find my life. I'm going to find my way. And so I automatically came to college wanting to find my way, find my, my where I fit in, find my zone, because I knew I was not going home. Hey, that was bars. Uh, but wow. anywho. <laughs> that was bars. I want to piggyback off that, that, that sense of belonging. Yes. Do you think a student's sense of belonging correlates with their level of success? Absolutely. So... Once I found where I fit in, then I found my people. I found my, my groove, my crew, the people that's going to hold me accountable. And one of those individuals were my roommate. Uh, a few other of those individuals that I'm still cool with to this day were my floor mates. Um, and so once I found my crew, I found it. And then what I enjoyed while being here at TSU was in order to be active in a student organization, 
there were certain metrics that you as an individual and as a student had to uphold and you as an organization had to uphold. So there was also that academic accountability that um, across the whole student activities, student life uh, aspect that was very required. And so for me, um, I really believe that played a role in my success because not only was I find, trying to find a place to fit in and a place to belong, but I also was being held accountable at the same time so that my mindset, you know, I wouldn't get thrown off off track or anything because the goal ultimately was to get that degree. But at the same time, it's college. So this these four years of your life, well, what I, was, what I learned was the, those four years of my life really was going to shape the rest of my life. You know, where I'm going to live, how I'm going to raise my family, how I'm going to be as a professional. Those four years were very, very impactful. So, yes, it played a very success beyond college. It played being having that sense of belonging played a major role in my life and success beyond the four years that I spent here at Tennessee State. Wow. Uh, let's stay in the same vein as you're talking about the sense of belonging. And uh, let, let's also, I want to talk about relationships. You know, since we're talking about a sense of belonging, how important is a relationship building when it comes to being successful in college? So I believe having relationships with any instructor or faculty or staff member is very major and is a very key element here, or not even just here, but in college, in, in, in life period, right? You know, the whole concept, your network, it's not about your, your net, net worth, it's about your network. I truly believe that those people that you are connected to can really move mountains when mountains haphazardly jump in your way. So, for example, my first week here, um, I, I moved in. My mom, my, my godfather, my brother, they all moved me in. They left. And three days later, I was told that I had a $2,000 balance. So here it is. I drove 298 miles. I'm sorry, 238 miles from Louisville, Kentucky to Nashville, Tennessee with all of my stuff. Moved in, room decorated. Everything is good. Got my class scheduled, but I can't go to class because I have a $2,000 balance. Wow. What am I going to do? Ooh. Well, because I already had relationships with the, the Tennessee State University Louisville Alumni Association prior to coming to TSU, I was able to reach out to them. Then they reached out to Cedric Griffin, who was also working here in, uh, in admissions, and they were able to send over a scholarship for $2,000 to clear my balance so that I can come and stay and be a student. So it was it was at that moment, that first initial moment of my collegiate journey that I realized it's not about what I know or how much money I have. It's about who I know and how well I built those relationships and maintained it. Because not only did he give me that scholarship, he also told me, he said, no, go write a thank you letter and send it to me. Wow. And that was very key and impactful to like when people do things for you. Like, yes, I know we are always told, say thank you, say thank you. But a thank you letter could definitely give me that scholarship again the following year. You know, that thank you letter could very well give me that internship opportunity in three years. So just it taught me so much in that very key first week of college that, listen, this is, if you came here to really be cultivated, then cool. It's a lot of things about you that you're going to have to unlearn and a lot of things you're going to have to relearn. And that relationship, the art of relationship was something that I had to unlearn and relearn. Great, man. Oh, so 
You're telling me you had to face adversity before you even started class? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I faced adversity before I even graduated high school, uh, you know, on the whole admission process of college, you know, losing, you know, I'm not going to say TSU lost anything, but, um, you know, colleges that I applied to um, were losing documents and financial aid. My mom was not... Uh, privilege of knowing how to do that process. She did not know what FAFSA was. She did not know what financial aid was. She didn't She didn't even know what an application was. Mm -hmm. So that information all came from me. I had to sit my mom down, ask her for her tax returns. I had to sit her down and ask her to sign off, read to her what FAFSA was saying and walk her through how to apply and add me as a dependent and doing the Parent Plus loan and doing certain things and actually and this is a testament to itself, my mom learned how to use the computer and actually type on a computer when I was submitting my application for wow. FAFSA. That was the first time that she had ever used a computer. Wow. So, you know, my story goes deeper than just being a first-gen scholar. First, it, it all started at home when I had to teach my mom who, you know, she got caught up in the, in the drugs and the street life, and she was trying to redeem her life, and she did. She turned her life around, but in the midst of that, she missed certain opportunities, knowing how to use a computer. And so I had to teach her how to use wow. a computer awesome. in order to get certain things done in order for me to go to college. So really, honestly, it was up to me. How bad did I want it? Mm. And I wanted it bad. You know, I wanted to get out of my situation. I wanted to see life different. College for me was refuge. It saved me. It, it kept me from going and becoming, you know, a drug addict or whatever, being out on the streets or not, or, or just not being nobody, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. College gave me that, that voice. It gave me that identity that I was able to find within myself. So, yeah, I truly believe, like, I, adversity came, but how well you going to handle it when, it when it shows up at your doors? Wow. I don't know about you all, but I feel empowered. I do too. I do too. God. Sitting here, I wanna, you know, I wanna give you your flowers now and say, man, you've accomplished a lot of things in your life and you're not even halfway done. Yeah. So applaud I applaud you. I encourage you. Yeah. Keep going, keep shining, keep being you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. I wanna ask you something as we shift a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about um, you know, um, different as you talk about resources and that type of thing there and sense of belonging and uh, you know just connecting and making those relationships uh, could you talk would you could you elaborate or could you uh, tell us you know how often or if you did meet with your professors and also explain to the listeners out there other first gen students who are listening how important it is to meet with their professors and how important it is. Could you tell them, is it is it important, matter of fact, to meet with their professors? That's what I want you to realize. Okay, you know. that's a good question. So I actually learned the hard way of <laughs> not building a relationship with my professor. Um, so for example, I was, I didn't have clarity on a particular project. It was theater art. I didn't have clarity over it. And so I had to, um, figure it out. I know the professor had, the professor had already given us all the uh, the explanation that we needed. Gave us the syllabus, gave us everything, and basically the professor would go over everything. Nobody would ask questions because everybody was scared to ask questions, you know. So I'm like, man, okay, nobody's asking the question. I got a big question, but I'm scared to. You know what? I ain't raising my hand. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask the question in class. I'm going to move on. We're going to go on or whatever. So the professor's like, anybody got questions? 
it was you could hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. Cool. He was like, all right, so whatever you need, it can be found in your syllabus. Y'all have a great day. So we go out. We do the, uh, the assignment, get started. Man, we walking down the hall. Y'all, do y'all even understand what we're supposed to do? Man, I don't know what the heck to do, man. This is, this is crazy. I don't know what he asked for, 10 page. What's MLA? What's APA? Man, y'all, double space. I ain't never did double space on Word. What you talking about? I mean, just all type of crazy comments. So I was like, man, okay, we all got these questions. So what we going to do? Man, I don't know. We just going to go ahead and just do this assignment, figure it out. And, you know, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, we all, <laughs> I found my people. You know, I found my crew. Nobody said anything. They said we're just going to do it, so we're going to do it. Well, I did it, and I got my first F. Now, mind you, I was not an F. Uh, I, I was not an F student. Like, getting Fs was like the devil. You bring an F home in my, my mama's house, maybe. <laughs> that's going to be the last time you ever see the letter <laughs> F on anything. So I bought an F. I got an F, and I realized, okay, wait a minute. I got an F. That's two things I can do with this, right? My mom is never going to know that I got this F. So I can, I can either ride it out and just do better on the next assignment, or I could go ahead and turn it around. So integrity started kicking in. So I actually took the time, and I was like, yo, I see something in this syllabus, Dr. So-and-so. I see something in this syllabus, and it says something about office hours. What does that mean? I asked this in the middle of class, and my professor, he said, that means that you can come and visit me. You can ask me any questions that you may need in regards to any of the assignments or so forth and so on. So I did that. I was like, okay, cool. Go. So on the next assignment, actually, I took that assignment, and I said, yo, doctor, you know, I don't, I didn't understand anything that you said. Could you walk me through this? Could you help me understand how do I complete this assignment? I really want to pass your class. And he's like, Brandon, I thank you for doing that. That makes sense. Okay, now I understand why you got the F that you got because you didn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Next time, ask the question in class because no question is a dumb question besides the question you don't ask. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So he walked me through everything, and so that next assignment, I was able to, I was able to get that assignment completed and regraded, and then I was also able to, you know, whatever questions I have moving forward in the future, I was able to build that. So it was at that moment I realized my relationship with my professors is really impactful and meaningful. And not only that, my relationships with my advisors, the relationships with different campus key stakeholders, you know, advisement center, student activities, admissions, financial aid, the bursars, the cafeteria, the janitors in your dorms, your dormitory, your RAs, like relationships with anybody that works in the educational space is important. So I realized that and I was like, I'm going to maximize this because I I don't know what the next three years are going to look like, but I know I'm going to need every person that I just Mm. walked in contact with. So to my listeners, I just want to encourage you, listen, whoever you're interacting with right now, you're going to need them. Eventually, you may not need them today, but you have three years complete. This com- contingent on where you currently are in your journey, educational journey, I believe relationships is key. It's going to be very impactful to your success, whether that be somebody to to just pass your name along, or whether that be somebody to give you the job opportunity that you've been wanting. <laughs> Doctor Askers, are you reading my mind? No, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay, because I definitely wanted to take it to the classroom. But we're going to have to stop right here and pick this conversation up on our next episode. To our listeners, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And, of course, be on the lookout for the next episode with Dr. Haskins. What an amazing show today. Mm-hmm.